0: 18 plus.
1: Welcome to Houston, PA, Houston's public affairs show, an iHeartMedia broadcast. Our disclaimer says that the opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those held by this radio station, its management staff, or any of its advertisers. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France. And as a Texan from France, when I moved to the U.S. in the early 90s, I was... A very young French man. But, you know, you grow up and you're born in a country, your heart and your soul are forged there by its culture and and, uh, and all the traditions. And in France, uh, the government takes care of a lot of the charitable work. And then uh, when I was growing up, Catholic charities were very powerful. And one of the culture shocks I experienced when I moved to Houston is uh, it was to deal with the philanthropy here. It's a city that is extremely rich in philanthropy. There are philanthropic organizations for everything just about now and when I first started in radio in the mid 90s the Susan G Komen Breast Cancer Foundation was really kicking hard already they had established themselves and they had been promoting the idea of prevention and research for cures for breast cancer and in the 30 years that I've been in this country I've watched the progress that have made and I hold them as one of the most brilliant examples of public privately funded, sorry. See, that's the thing. It's a privately funded organization. It's people like you and me who are donating them dollars or participating in the race, and we're going to talk about the race because they're doing the race for the cure on October 5th. But all of this money, the millions and millions of dollars that go to fund the research and the support programs, come from the community. And it's kind of an epiphany to see how well that can work because I don't think that there's any doubt that the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation has been one of the most brilliant example of how you canalize empathy from people which is normal we're a pack animal and you take it, and you actually turn it into something which is a solution. And I love it that it's completely apolitical. People can just get behind it. It's just about being kind and looking out for each other and living longer, more prosperous and happy lives. So we're going to talk about all those things. I want to say, though, that the 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure is going to be on Saturday, October 5th. This is the kind of race that I can go to because even though it's early on Saturday mornings, uh, you don't actually have to run. You can just go and participate. and. Visit with like-minded people. And I'm going to say that because I know that a lot of people are kind of like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't run. I don't, I don't want to try. like, go for the party. Go for the survivor party they're going to have and uh, meet some like-minded people and discover what it's like to be able to go to one of these big events where they close down blocks and blocks of Houston. Uh, basically, to have a big block party and bring in a bunch of money and talk about what that money is going to do. Ellen Elam is a Coman Houston board member, and with her is Cambrell Marshall. He is a member of the KPRC2 Severe Weather Team, and they are both this year's race co-chairs for the 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure. I would like to start with Ellen, because uh, I think I feel like you're more centrally located in the organization, although you, you bring in Cambrell when you need some people in the room. <laughs> That's It's a smart way, and uh, I'm interested in how Cambrell got into this, because apparently uh, his attachment to the organization is purely intellectual, whereas you had an actual emotional uh, trigger. Your sister died of breast cancer. So this happened obviously before uh, the cures and the prevention methods were developed far enough. But I think that it's what I said is true. The prognostic of someone like your sister or my mother who was diagnosed in the mid-2000s is a lot better these days. And uh, so you you decided a long time ago that you would have to be involved in teaching people how to survive this disease
2: i I, alongside of my sister, um, decided that we needed to do something. And um she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And we uh, were looking for trials and uh, through Susan G. Komen, we were introduced to a lot of research, and I was her advocate and um, drove her to many doctor's appointments all around the country. And through that and her different drug trials and her different um, fights throughout all of these um, different clinics and in, in cities, I, we were introduced to Susan G. Komen, and um, she was a huge advocate for them. And my sister had metastatic breast cancer, so it's um, it's different. It's um, it's a it's a a, a long journey, um, and the the end is you know sometimes closer for others than it is for um, for most. So so for. For her, um, we started this battle and this love of Susan G. Komen together, and um, actually, Cambrell was the one who got me involved in Houston. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a interesting story of how. I mean, we've known each other through years of of um, being involved in nonprofit work, but I have walked um, in eight. 60-mile walks for Susan G. Komen. <laughs> wow. Yes. And wow. so um, I've donated a lot of um, energy and raised a lot of money, but it was through that um, experience that I started thinking, where is all this money going? Because I have raised personally about $100,000 through those. 60-mile walks. Through your
1: friends and family and yes. co-workers?
2: Yes, for private events and and fundraising. And so I just, one time when I was walking two years ago, was like, where is this money going? You know, what most people probably question when they're donating. And I took it upon myself. It was after my sister had passed away. And I, I um, thought, I need to get more involved. And Lo and behold, Cambrell was on the Coman Houston board and reached out. So,
1: what time period are we talking about when you discovered the organization? How long ago was it?
2: Oh, it's been fifteen years, okay. probably. So yeah. yeah.
1: So by the time you joined the organization, it was already one of the most visible nonprofits in the world. That that is fair, right? I, my impression is that the Susan G Cohen Breast Cancer, may be one of the most, I mean, it's up there with the Red Cross, maybe not that big, but it's so recognizable. The achievement of the outreach, that's what I admire the most. This is the best kind of propaganda. (laughs) 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 If you want to put a big word on it, but it's just, it's extraordinary how well the message has been communicated consistently. That's another almost miracle.
3: And the way the organization started was unique in itself, I mean, a, a woman Whose sister?
2: Right, two sisters. Two
3: sisters. One was dying from breast cancer, yes. and the other one, who was surviving, said, "We're going to do what we can to make sure this lives, and we're going to do what we can to research, to raise money for research, and try to find a cure." Yeah, and that's how the Susan G. Komen uh, organization was born, with that name, to try to raise money. To say, you know, okay, you took my sister, but we're going to keep other people's sisters from being taken. So that emotional tug was how the organization got started, and only focused on breast cancer. American Cancer Society and some yes, of the right. other organizations do a lot. And, you know, they are a great organization. Susan G. Coleman, outside of government, Susan G. Coleman has, don't, has more impact, more money toward breast cancer cancer research than any other organization.
1: And we have to say that when you participate in the Race for the Cure, which is going to be on Saturday, October 5th, and by the way, you can sign up by going to Komen-Houston.org, Komen-Houston.org. That's also where you can donate $5 or anything. We're a community if everybody donates something we would get we five, or five or five hundred
2: hey, if you can make
1: five hundred that's great but that's what I'm right. arguing is that if we have a hundred people they can give five bucks yep. right, and we do have that and that's the thing I wanted to ask you Kimbrough when I said that uh, Houston is rich in philanthropy you nodded your head vigorously uh, it's Do you have that experience around America,
3: or is it something that you you notice in Houston? Oh, Houston is very unique in that regard. I mean, there are other places do philanthropic. In all of those things, we get into the fundraising mode because they have to survive based upon fundraising. And so fundraising comes from people whose hearts are tapped. And those people say, you know what, i got to support this. And everybody's got a different reason for why they support something or another. Everybody, everybody, I would guess— that I would say that everybody has been touched or knows somebody who has been touched by breast cancer. And when it comes home to you personally, then it becomes really important to understand, okay, why is it taking so long for research? Why does it take, even if you have the brilliant best idea of cancer research, good. It's going to take 10 years to get that developed, minimally. So the research is really, really key. So you talked about how the survival rate is so much better now than it was. It's extraordinary. That's honestly. true. But we still think we're 40,000 people may die from breast cancer this year. And that's not acceptable. But that's better than what it used to be.
1: Well, I mean, eventually we're just going to vaccinate our way out of this stuff. Or if it's not a vaccine, it might be something that's on the horizon we don't even know about. But I don't e- I don't doubt that we're going to conquer these diseases. What I'm afraid of is that I don't think we'll ever be disease-free because the planet is going to adapt to our science.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> well,
1: well, Coleman— but, what an extraordinary advancement just like you said
3: right the- And Coleman, because of the research and because of the feedback they've gotten from the research has said, you know what we're setting a big bold goal and that is to er- to reduce the number of breast cancer deaths in half by 2026. To say, look whatever if it's 40,000 this next year we want to see 2026 we want to see 20,000 I know you say 20,000 that's a lot. But that's great progress, and it's going to happen because of research. And the research is going to happen because of money raised from events like ours on October 5th. You are listening
1: to Houston, PA, Houston's Public Affairs Show. My name is Laurent, and my guests are here from Susan G. Komen Houston. Their 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure is going to be on Saturday, October 5th. You do not have to run. This is a party. That's what he really, What what it is? I'm not, am I misrepresenting it?
2: No, not yeah. at all. It's a I big think street that's, party. I think that's part of the fun of it. Is it's it's celebration. It's a celebration of hope. It's a celebration of memories of um, those who we've lost, but it's it's a great time. I think any walk that I've been involved in in association with Susan G. Komen, it's always been a great time. It's fun to see everyone in their outfits. People get kind of silly and wear pink and tutus, you know, and pink cowboy hats. And, and that's not just the women. That's everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a really fun event. And uh, we don't have just the run, we also have the family run we have the kid run we have the walk so there's something for everyone Um, on october
1: 5th and there's a party afterwards
2: yes and
1: uh, i have a friend who uh, who who donates to the organization and is not a runner unless something is chasing them uh they like to go to the party afterwards (laughs) they know exactly what time it is because if you go to komen-houston.org you can see the program
3: and you can decide you know what i'm gonna have coffee at home and then i'm gonna go party with these people well so people who may get up that morning say oh yeah I, i i got to go and get involved in this. They can register as early as 6 o'clock. They can come on the day of the race, 6 a.m., and come out and register because we will start the actual pre-race festivities at 7.45, and then the race kicks off at 8 o'clock. So and then those are the runners. The competitive runners go at 8, and then subsequent to that, the, the, the front runners and then the, one, the kid K, kid 1K runners, and then the walkers. So it goes off in succession like that. And I should reintroduce my guests, Shouldn't I do
1: that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Elam is a Komen Houston board member, and Cambray L. Marshall is a member of the KPRC2 Severe Weather Team, and they are both this year's race co-chair. Uh, once again, the 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure is on Saturday, October 5th. You can just drop in. Uh, I, let's talk about some s- some money, because when people donate, they want to know where it goes, and you have an interesting split here, the Susan G., Common Breast Cancer Foundation takes 25 percent of the events take because it funds research with it, but the rest of that money, 75 percent of your dollar, stays in Houston. Could you explain to us how that works exactly with the with the machine, <laughs> so to speak?
2: So the the 75 percent that or 75 cents of every dollar stays here in Houston, and it's distributed through through grants. Um, in, in Houston. And we have many grantees that will be there actually on October 15th, the day of the race. They're there. Part of the celebration is for participants and people, as you're saying, dropping by to learn more about what they're doing in research and where they are and how Susan G. Komen has supported them. So... You, if you're questioning that, or if that's something that you want to know about, you can learn most definitely that day, you know, firsthand by speaking to them, and they'll tell you exactly what's going on and where their research dollars are going and taking them. And in that's the community. important.
1: We should take responsibility before we give five dollars or five hundred.
2: Where is it going to go? Right. Because right.
1: you might discover that you want to do something they're not going to do, and that therefore you should be giving your money to another organization this is not the case with Komen, all right? Right. We're good here. You want to to support the fight against cancer, this is it. This is one of the best you can do. But what I love is that you've got this split. You're sending a big chunk of money to fund research, some of which is going to come back to
3: Houston. Absolutely. Because we have this great medical center we have, we know that the money that we send for the big pot, if you will, the 25 percent, when you say, well, we got to spread this out and do some research, where are you going to send it? You're going to send it to Houston. You're going to send yeah. not all of it, but you're going to send a lot of it to Houston. So Houston does benefit. As I mentioned earlier, we do have people who are here in this community who are Coleman-funded
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Researchers. And, and they're some of the best researchers in the world. Absolutely. And there are a lot of things for us to delve into. We talked earlier about the fact that uh, African-American women are 40-some-odd percent more likely to die from breast cancer than white women. And you said, well, whoa, whoa. What is what is that all about? Is it socioeconomic? Is it hereditary? What is it all about? Well, Researchers are looking into some of those reasons. We know some of it is because sometimes people don't get to the doctor early enough by the time you get cancer diagnosis and it may be farther along than what it could be or should be if you're going to have a survival. The earlier you detect it, the better you are. If you get a stage zero or stage one, it clearly is going to be a lot better to treat than it is going to be if you walk into the office, you say, I've got this lump and it's stage four. That's a whole different scenario. So people are looking into why this is happening. And throughout all of that, we also are providing money to some organizations who also are trying to help figure that out. For somebody who says, I'd like to get a mammogram, but I can't afford it. Well, we have organizations that will provide mammograms. And they've applied to Coleman for grants so that they can do that.
1: Let's talk about prevention because uh, mammograms, I believe, are still the f- first front line defense, right? Uh, a woman uh, starting at what age should get a mammogram every year?
2: So, at the age of forty, is the age re- re,
1: um, is re- recommended
2: recommended at this time? Isn't it a little younger and if self- maybe you have some
1: history in your family? Well, Yes,
2: yeah. a- absolutely. And then for self um, exams, it's eighteen for for women. So it, it is younger, and it's something that's continually changing because of research and because of um, organizations like Susan G. Komen who are supporting it, saying, you know, we need to look into this. We need to provide better um, opportunities for women to have have these mammograms. So so that's something. I think women need to be aware of and they need to know, which is a, a great th- time for us to mention a program that Susan G. Komen has that's the treatment um, assistant program. And what that does is kind of what Cambrell was talking about where if somebody doesn't have money to get to um, a doctor's appointment or they're not sure where to go or they get the results and they're not sure or they're scared or they have questions. They can call Susan G. Komen Houston now, and we have somebody on call there that can help them, that can guide them, and um, and and kind of take part of that scared side of things away and comfort them and, and give them that hope that they're looking for. And that's part of our 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 funding dollars. So um, we would love to expand that and um, and be able to have more people. Um, available and, and give more of that money to this program, we're capped yeah. at this time because of limitations. But the more money that we raise, the more opportunities that we have to do that. Yeah. And that's really a great program because there are many people who are alone who don't have that support. They're afraid. They're scared. They're not sure where to go. They don't have an advocate, but they, they do now. They can easily call us or if they need to go to the website, they can look at the website and look at resources, then call us. I mean, there's a lot of um, opportunities for them.
1: Is it an exaggeration to say that a phone call or visiting the website is kind of like getting instant support from a support
3: network? Not an exaggeration at all. That's big because that's really big, yeah. You can go on and click on, and, and it's it's really easily navigable. coman houstonorg That's right. Komen-Houston.org. That navigable, yes. that's a pretty big word for me today. I was, so <laughs> I was very impressed got, by that I know, one. I it rolled right off, didn't it? You can go to that website, and you open it up. And as soon as you open it up, you can see all the information related to the walk. You can see a big button that says Donate. You can see a place where you can figure out, okay, I want to find out about research. I want to know where the money goes. All of those things are available at that comanhouston.org site. Very easy to do. And the way that people can give money is right there. Click on donate, whether or not they want to just give straight cash to the program or go support a team or start their own team or start a third party event and raise money that way. Um, it's amazing. Sometimes somebody like said, Well, let's have a great party. And you ask people to come and give 15, 20 bucks to come to your party. And you use all that money and just give it to Coleman. That's a third party event. We get a lot of organizations to do that. One of our school districts is great in that way. The kids Pearland. are raising money? Oh, man. Yeah. It's the kids and the parents it's and, and the teachers. It's no hard to say Oh, it is. It is. It's Pearland uh, is huge Pas- in that. Pearland ISD. Pasadena. Pasadena. Oh, I'm Pasadena. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's take that no, back. No, a <laughs> <Yeah>. gauntlet has <laughs> been set. Pearland needs to Step up. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I threw down the gauntlet right there. <laughs> but they have been amazing over the last few years. And I think that they've set a, uh, a standard that all the other ISDs are going to try to Uh, Accomplished as well down the road. They have to, uh, because they raise a lot of money every year. And they do it school by school, and the whole district is behind it. They have events, and the kids get excited about it. So that's part of what we do uh, throughout. There's a great synergy and a great camaraderie, and everybody gets involved and wants to compete and do those things. Hey, quick tangent. If you're going to teach kids, if you're going to make it
1: part of their curriculum that they must be involved in philanthropy, that's good. That just goes a whole long way because it's about conditioning. You're kind of in advance on the solution because you're already engaging these students. They're going to be preconditioned to want to get involved in something else, maybe something they might have more of a vocation for.
3: And you know what happens sometimes? Those same students, they will find out a teacher or someone like that has gone through some sort of breast cancer scare. And they can see that they have actually been involved in helping that teacher in some sort of way. It, it, it really is. It's oh, yeah. kind of like uh, that circle comes around. You want the kids to think about others, too. Because so, sometimes in our world, it's all about me, me, me. In a capitalist it's materialistic. system. It's all about yep. me. How much can I get? How big can my house be? How new can yeah. my car be? All that kind of stuff. Well, what about the person who needs just a little bit of help, and you can provide that help? Well, yeah. shouldn't you do that?
1: Yeah, and we're and, talking I mean, about the neighbor here. We're talking about people in our community, and it's as easy to help them, even if you don't know them, as going to... Komen-Houston.org. You can volunteer. You can give $5 or more if you can if you can afford it. And then, of course, you can participate in the 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure. That's going to be on Saturday, October 5th. All right. They're closing down a bunch of blocks and they're having a party. And that's the reason I would go if I were you. But they're going to have a bunch <laughs> of activities for all the family. Hey, uh, uh, there's a kid race, right? Yes. Yes. Which means that they're going to get home tired. The parents are going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Houston PA, Houston's public affairs show. My name is Laurent, and my guests are here from Susan G. Komen, Houston. Ellen Elam is a Komen, Houston board member, and Cambrell Marshall is a member of the KPRC2 Severe Weather Team, and they are both this year's race co-chairs. Komen-Houston.org houstonorg uh, I, I guess I, I want to talk about prevention a little bit more because I know that if you go to the website, there's a pamphlet on how to self-examine uh, yourself if you're a woman. The simplicity of this form of information, just a, a quick web page that can li- literally save lives, uh, I, I almost you take it for granted, but that's a big thing, right? Prevention is really the, the key. Absolutely. There's the branch of research. And then there's the branch of educating people to get in touch with, with their bodies and, and, and keep right. an eye on us, basically.
2: Definitely. And I think that's where um, a lot of our, our grant money goes to as well is helping provide mammograms for people, um, especially in the African-American um, community, community. That's an initiative that Komen has taken on. And we really um, follow up and um, support that initiative. What does it look like? What are you
1: guys doing? Are you forming outreach committees or are you trying to fund organizations in the communities?
2: So we have um, one collaboration um, in Galveston and it's called Partners in Pink and it's specifically based on that. Um, Our partners and growing awareness, growing support, advocacy in that community for African-American women. And um, it's the first one of its kind for us in the hopes that it works well and it can be um, one of many to come as we watch it grow and the support develops and we, we get the data back showing that this type of collaboration works. For our funding dollars,
1: that's very important. I think that's part of the success of the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation, and it has been fiscally very responsible. There's an accountability to this, to the success of this company, this organization, I should say, that I think is really remarkable. And uh, I, I guess, my last question will be: How much does the organization develop materials so that others can imitate its its, its success for you know for other? Other research purposes, for instance, other diseases. Well, we should talk about how men need to be careful about prostate cancer because that is kind of our breast cancer, and
3: we're way behind. Well, but men get breast cancer too, and men die from breast cancer as well. So it's a part of it, and as I said earlier, as much as there may be some um, research uh, impact outside of the Komen research that may impact other cancers, Komen focuses on breast cancer. That's what we do. Yeah. And so it's important to us to say, you know what, this is, we're going to stay in our lane. There may be other residual. For example, one of the uh, researchers I had on my Houston Newsmakers program, which I do every week, came on, and she's a Komen uh, grantee. She got research money, and she talked about how they're taking T cells, training those T cells to recognize and attack cancer, and then putting them back in the patient's body. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah. That's amazing stuff. Now, that's happening across a lot of different cancers. Breast cancer is not the only one doing that. So they share that information, and she made the point, you take information that's already available, you figure out how to enhance it and yeah. make it better. She said something very unique and that I said, you know, sometimes your body may not recognize that particular cancer, doesn't recognize breast cancer as something it should attack, and therefore, they need to get their body to attack those cancer cells, and that's what they do. They take those T cells, train them to attack the cancer cells, and then put them back in your body, and that's one of the advances, and that's happening across the board. So everybody's getting some benefit from that, and they're listening to each other and deciding, okay, this worked. That didn't work so well. This worked. They changed the way chemotherapy is being applied now.
1: And much less because we're developing less invasive cures, which is— that's something that we haven't mentioned, but it's a huge to suffer through the cure of breast cancer can be a debilitating experience, especially if, if you're diagnosed late. Uh, it can be devastating. And we used to have a one size fits all. You know, we're going to irradiate you and pump you full of uh, radioactive material. Uh, and you're going to get sick, you're going to lose your hair, and you're going to suffer. That's the problem. And uh, my mother only had to have radiation, and then she took a course of experimental drugs, and that's what cured her. That was uh, 15 years ago. I can only imagine that it's a lot easier. And, and it was
3: experimental then, and now it's a part of
1: yeah, the right. treatment. Yeah, and partly, you know, she she told me this is kind of a service. I, they're they're trying to save my life if I can add something to their data that will compel them to change the drug or you know perfect it or perfect the treatment. Uh, it's, it's uh, if you talk to people who have survived from breast cancer, who have been touched by it, uh, there's an activism that is born in them. You just want to do something. It's just so unfair. The body turns against itself. What I love about the story you just told about these T-cells is that after the body turned the, against itself, we're turning the body back against itself, itself. It's like it's it's
3: a constant <laughs> return. You know, you send the spies into and destroy it. From Healthy lifestyle, insects. by the way, so oh, yeah. is one of the ways. We need to talk about that because that is one of the keys. If we're healthy, we're eating healthy, we're active, which a lot of us need to do more of. Speaking, speaking for me, <laughs> me, too, um, me it really does help in terms of the prevention mechanism as it relates to breast cancer.
1: Once again, the 2019 Komen Houston Race for the Cure is on Saturday, October 5th. Uh, you can participate by going to komen-houston.org, komen-houston.org. You can build a team for yourself. You can join in solo. Yep, I suppose. Can you join someone else's I guess you can just show up and then... You can join my team. You know, the idea is that you're going to be there and you're going to be welcome and you're going to be instantly part of a community with the same goal. If you're new to Houston, and a lot of Houstonians are every day... Uh, Go meet some like-minded people. It's one of the best ways to make friends and become part of the community. And again, giving $5 makes a difference because there's a whole lot of us, over $4 million, okay? Uh, Even the kids could give $5. Yep. Komen-Houston.org. Komen-Houston.org. Last thing, a big shout-out to Pasadena ISD. I just heard that they've raised over a million dollars?
2: Almost a million dollars. That's crazy. So they're going to get
1: it. It's a done deal. Done. You yes. can call it a million dollars. It's just my a matter job. of it happening. Yes. Yep. And this is all a bunch of kids and teachers. Yes. Yes. Who, uh, it's
2: the Pasadena ISD school family. It's there. Everyone. Everyone's involved.
1: So we want every other ISD to do the same thing. Yes. yes. Exactly. There's zero reason why they cannot. That's exactly. right. And maybe other ISDs can choose other organizations. But the thing is that to condition these kids. To be philanthropic for, and and to put them in touch to the direct results, because that's the thing. It'll keep you going. And it's the same thing with all philanthropy. So thank you both for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, Komen-Houston.org. Komen-Houston.org to participate in the 2019 Komen-Houston Race for the Cure on Saturday, October 5th. My email address is texanfromfrance at gmail.com. Texan from France at gmail.com. If you email me, you're going to get an answer. I'm happy to just send you a link to the podcast, but you're going to go to iHeart.com and just search for Houston PA and you'll find it. I have nothing but people like this on the show. I'm very proud of it. That's why I do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening and caring about the issues I put on this show. This has been Houston PA, Houston's public affairs show. Houston Strong.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?